Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman with the Race Nerd Podcast. Sorry for the for the static there. I am actually enjoying the last full decent day of the year. Um, and I am also actually getting outside doing something for the first time in a span of two weeks. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, there hasn't been a podcast in a little bit, and that is due to uh, shoulder separation and just not really being in the mood to do much in terms of podcasting. So, um, anyway, shoulder is on the mend, and now I am bringing to you an episode that's almost two weeks late. So, um, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of comings and goings, Uh, you know, obviously, we got our season champions crowned in NASCAR's three series, Uh, Sheldon Creed winning the truck series title for GMS Racing, Uh, and then Austin Sindrick winning the Xfinity title for Penske Motorsports, and Chase Elliott picking up his first career uh, Cup Series title, which would go along with what's presumably going to be his third consecutive most popular driver award. Uh, and that brings up today's pop quiznos. And that is, who is the last driver to win most popular driver and Cup Series champion in the same season? Uh, answer later in the show. Uh, so, not only do we have three champions crowned, we say goodbye to a couple of faces in the world of NASCAR. Uh, obviously, if you haven't been living under a rock, Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer have announced that they will no longer time in the Cub Series. Uh, in Boyer's case, he will be moving to the Fox Sports booth uh, to make a great joy. The three of them, which were a big part of NASCAR's uh, iRacing telecasts uh, during the pandemic, and they were a big hit, uh, and uh, Boyer uh, kind of decided to go that route, you know, this way he could spend more time with his family and outside interests along with the TV booth. And he will be replaced by Chase Briscoe uh, in the 14 card next year, uh, an early favorite for Rookie of the Year in 2021. And Jimmy Johnson, I don't know what there is to say that hasn't already been said. Uh, Seven-time champion, 83 wins. consistent, a model of consistency, a lifer at Hendrick Motorsports, a stand-up guy, 
and the only driver to win five consecutive driver's championships uh, in NASCAR's top division. Uh, Jimmy will be moving over to Ganassi Racing uh, for a part-time schedule in their IndyCar program, a program which could possibly lead, uh, unsubstantiated rumors here, could possibly lead to running a couple of Cup Series races in 2021. Uh, I say a unsubstantiated because these have been floated around without any real concrete um, proof so take them as you may uh, but you know these two drivers you know almost a combined hundred wins between them so it's definitely a uh, uh, a sad day. Um, at the same time, with Johnson heading off into open wheel land, it opens up a ride for Kyle Larson, who will be moving to what was formerly the 88 car, uh, as the 88 car will be rechristened the number five, the number that uh, was most synonymous with the early years of Rick Hendricks, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, was the original car number that Jeff Bodine drove from 1984 to 1989, and then replaced by Ricky Rudd, then Terry Labonte, which gave uh, Hendrick Motorsports his, their second ever championship, uh, the first was Jeff Gordon the season prior and it would go on until just a few years ago uh, where it was last piloted by Casey Kane uh, the number uh, would then be changed to the nine car for this year's champion Bill Elliott or Chase Elliott sorry in honor of his father Bill but uh, with the changing of the the rechristening of the 88 car to the five uh, leads possibly the first time since 1993 and only the second time since 1949 that there will not be a number 88 taking the field and uh in, in uh, NASCAR top division so it, it was an interesting little stat when I heard that um, the fact that the number has been used full time since 1996 uh, starting with Dale Jarrett then on to Ricky Rudd then to Dale Jr. and Alex Bowman uh, a number which is has been around for quite a while so possibly see the end of that we see the end of a couple of other teams like Levine Family Racing which uh, due to the pandemic has um, 
will not be able to compete next year. Uh, their assets were sold to Spire Motorsports, and we'll talk about Spire in a few minutes. And Jermaine Racing, the Bob Jermaine-owned team, uh, which started off as a truck team, uh, most notably driven by Todd Bodine in his truck championships. Um, moving on up first with Max Pappas to the Cup Series, then Casey Mears, uh, then on to Ty Dillon. Anyway, uh, Jermaine uh, decided to sell the team uh, and its assets uh, as longtime sponsor Geico announced that they would not be sponsoring any drivers in 2021. And losing its only source of income, it was either hold or be sold. And that team has now become the 2311 team, the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan owned team. Uh, so we got all that, but we got we got some new teams coming in next year. Obviously, the Jordan owned team, uh, Trackhouse Racing, uh, which will be a separate entity from Spire Motorsports, uh, has announced that they will have Daniel Suarez as their driver and run Chevrolets. Uh, so you have all those, you have notable uh, faces around the garage uh, that will not be returning besides drivers and owners. Uh, first being the, the announcement that Chris Devota, Chris Devota, uh, longtime uh, sports anchor for NASCAR, um, familiar face going way back to um, the Speed Channel and their shows in the mid 2000s. Notes that she will not be back with NBC next year, uh, which is a shame. She'd been around the sport for quite a while. Uh, later on, uh, during the pre-race, it was announced that Winston Kelly, longtime MRN pit reporter, uh, will be retiring. Uh, Kelly, who his day job is the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, will transition to that into a full-time role. Uh, so. I, I think it is one of the more notable voices on MRN that is a shame, but knowing that the Hall of Fame will be in good hands with Winston uh, is, is a positive thing. Uh, then the announcements over the past couple of days that Alan Cavanaugh, uh, pit reporter for Fox, and Matt Yoakum with Fox will no longer uh, be with uh, Fox. Yoakum, uh, who would also be on the early NBC TNT broadcasts in the mid early to mid 2000s, um, possibly that's a landing spot for him. Kavanaugh could find his way, or Kavana. I don't know why I said Kavanaugh. Kavana could find his way to MRN or PRN. Uh, 
as one of their announcers. And uh, the big news in terms of uh, people, uh, announcers going places, is that Jamie Little, uh, former ESPN pit reporter and uh, analyst, will be the first woman to ever call play-by-play action for a major racing series in the U.S. Uh, Little, whose uh, history with motorsports can be traced back to um, being a pit reporter for motocross, uh, and will take over the role of, I'll be honest, I don't even remember who was doing the ARCA um, telecasts. Been a while, I want to say. Last one I remember is Rick Benjamin, who also does the um, Monster Jam. So you have you have all those changes. Then obviously you had drivers changing rides and all. Uh, I think first of the shoes to kind of fall in some of the lower series and some of the smaller rides. Uh, was the fact that 17-year-old Sam Mayer, along with Josh Barry, will be running a majority of the races for the 8-car of Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. I'm bumping out two drivers who had run somewhat successfully this season, this past season. Um, Daniel Hemrick and... Jeff Burton, and it didn't take long for either one of those two drivers to find rides. Uh, Hemrick will be moving to the 18 car, the Toyota Supra owned by Joe Gibbs Racing in the Infinity Series, I'm replacing um, one Riley Herbst. Uh, as Herbst seems to be the candidate to take over uh, the 98 ride in Stuart Haas's Xfinity effort. And Jeb Burton will be taking over the number 10 Ag nu Nutritional Ag or Ag Nutrition um, Chevrolet. Uh, for colleague racing in the Xfinity series. Uh, this will mark the, um, big improvements for the for those two drivers. Um, Hemrick, it'll give him his best chance yet at his first career win in any of the top three series. Uh, the young man has been very close in both the trucks and Xfinity in the past. But has not had a chance to close the deal. And for Burton, the second generation driver, son of 2002 Daytona 500 winner Ward Burton, uh, this will be his first time in a full time ride in, in about five, six years um, running part-time schedules since 2014, I believe. Uh, so, 
these are both big and Herb's moving to replace uh, Chase Briscoe. Uh, I believe that is due to two things. First, um, Herps has sponsorship through the terrible Herps brand, which I have no idea what the hell that is. Um, it's his father's company. And also has a connection with Monster. So that may have played into a little bit of it. Uh, also, Ford is really high on getting top talent young drivers and with parts uh, being released from the ride at sorry herbs uh, being released from the ride at Joe Gibbs racing um, Ford felt the opportunity to snatch him up from Toyota's development camp. Uh, mind you, this is all hearsay so far. When it comes to Herbst, the rest have all been announced. Uh, you know, and not only that, it also shut down the rumor that Ryan Priest would move back down to the Xfinity series to get that 98 ride. Uh, Priest, who, the former modified series champion and uh, Connecticut native, uh, compete, uh, just finished competing in his second full-time season at the cup level. A season that, uh, that was led with so much promise um, with new teammate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And led to a lot of frustration and disappointment. But Tad, Tad and Jody Geschechter, along with Brad Doherty, shows that they are not giving up on the talented young man. And we'll bring him back for a third season. Uh, another driver who will be changing spots, and this one is a surprise. Uh, is <coughs> John Hunter Nemechek, a young man who, when the preseason started uh, and names were thrown around for rookie of the year, like Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell, uh, John Hunter's was kind of an afterthought. Quietly put together a pretty good season for Furniture Row Motorsports, a team that he took over in Leighton uh, 2019 after Matt Tift had his medical issues. So, he would finish out the, the season and be rewarded with a full-time ride. An offer was made for him for 2021. He declined it. Um, speculation has a, him going to a lot of different things, you know, whether it's part time in the Xfinity series till he gets a better ride. 
uh, ink up. Another rumor is uh, taking over that second uh, Spire car uh, as a teammate to the 77. Uh, a team that is planning on two full-time drivers instead of a round-robin series of drivers like they've had the past two years. Uh, uh, and working out of an alliance with either Chip Ganassi or Rick Hendrick. But the newest rumor is that he would be moving to the truck series as John and his wife are expecting their first child. Moving down to run for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Which any other time would be a ride that most drivers would die for, especially a young driver like John Hunter. Uh, but Kyle Busch Motorsports has not been the same team since uh, the truck series has gone to spec engines, which is all the engines basically. Built by the same company, uh, which has taken away the advantage that the Toyotas have had uh, throughout the years in the trucks. Uh, so that is a risky gamble if that was the case. Personally, I'd like to see him in the second Spire car, seeing him stay in cup. Because while he was involved in the most cautions, uh, throughout the season, uh, stat-wise, uh, he certainly uh, had put the car as more of a contender than most of the previous uh, front-row motorsports drivers. Him and teammate Michael McDowell uh, gave front-row their best season yet. I'll be, uh, we're winless, and for a small two-car team with, I don't want to say limited resources, but with uh, many sponsors that are just, you know, uh, pop on for a couple of races here or there, this one, uh, this was certainly one of the very big surprises for 2020 uh, when I give out grades for the drivers and the teams in 2020 uh, look for that that'll probably be on Patreon at patreon backslash club kayfabe for that episode uh, only $5 a month and you can enjoy that and all the other shows that I've covered along with many other shows like uh, Club Kayfabe's VIP show uh, where Chris and Dan will talk wrestling and ranking tracks where Jeff Trelowitz talks um, whole albums and dissects them. Uh, so getting back John Hunter, we talked about Spire. Um, 
Isaiah looking for a ride and one of the names being mentioned along with one of those fire rides is Corey LaJoy who will be leaving uh, Go Fast Racing as Go Fast has sold their uh, charter to uh, the Joe Falk um, BJ McLeod at Matt Tift Consortium uh, presumably with Matt Tift running most of the races and you know I'm a fan of this I'm sad to see go fast go um, because the team is owned by two New England guys uh, Frankie Stoddard uh, former crew chief uh, from New Hampshire and Archie St. Hilaire from here in Maine uh, a team that started off as a part-time team with uh, Terry Labonte, then Bobby Labonte. Then we go full-time with Labonte and Jeffrey Earnhardt. Uh, or Jeffrey Earnhardt got most of his uh, starts in the Cup Series. And we transitioned to be a a, uh, a really strong team with Matt DiBenedetto before DiBenedetto left for Levine Family Racing at the end of 2018 for the 2019 season. And then would leave and be released from Levine just before his runner-up finish at Bristol uh, for the 2020 season and being replaced by Christopher Bell. Uh, so if you followed all that, the 32 team uh, was like front row and had actually built their way up from a part-time team to a full-time team to where they were getting more and more competitive each race. Uh, they weren't a back-to-back start parker. They were a mid-pack to top 15 team, uh, but Obviously, due to a lot of the financial issues going on with the pandemic, it just made the right time to sell, much like Levine and Jermaine. So, we have that, and that means LaJoy is back out of a ride. And LaJoy is a very talented driver. Much like John Hunter, uh, ran his own, his father's own equipment in his early years, showed a lot of promise. Um, well, Joy would do that in the uh, K&NE series, while John Hunter would do that in the trucks for his father's team. Meeting out higher budgeted uh, full-time teams. And LaJoy, I think, will find a spot in there. Uh, he was one of the names in the mix to replace Jimmy Johnson. Uh, obviously, when you have names like Brad Keselowski, who had re-signed to run the, the Blue Deuce, the number two car for Roger Penske. Um, and Kyle Larson, who would eventually get the ride. Um, 
there's really no major places for LaJoy to go. Uh, so this is why I think this would be the best fit, especially if this team is able to acquire sponsorship, which uh, LaJoy had brought with him from his days at GoFast and even further back to the old BK racing team. Uh, a team that, ironically, LaJoy would replace Benedetto at. Uh, so, so many uh, six degrees of separation when it comes to uh, these drivers and teams. But um, we're heading into fuel season where things are getting quiet. Um, so, we'll have an uh, announcement on what we're going to do uh, with the show in the off season. I'm hoping on bringing on some guests. Like I said, I've been saying for a while, I've already given out two invites to be on the show. Uh, first to um, my close personal friend, Ed Ballo, uh, who has been a long, long time fan. Uh, longer than I initially thought when, when we really started getting into our friendship over racing. And uh, been my partner on many, many race weekends. And uh, the other guest is CKCC co-founder Chris O'Mealy, uh, host of the Nerd Table and the Stupid Sexy Podcast, which you can find right here on CKCC Radio. Um, Chris, I didn't realize when I met him so long ago, was actually a race fan growing up. Um, had actually been to Pocono, I believe. Um, but stopped watching over the years, you know, as his interests had varied, you know. So, um, hoping to have those two on the show, possibly do some cool things. Uh, I'd like to do some watch-alongs and also. If you have any ideas for watch-alongs, and normally I like to do shorter races for those. So maybe some ARCA or some... Uh, Bush North series or um, smaller series. I'd, I'd like to do those, really cover those, um, because I think those are a lot of fun. Um, you know, bring back uh, Car Wars where we look statistically and see which is the better driver team uh, throughout the numbers. I've played around with that idea in the past on the predecessor to this show, the uh, Politically Incorrect Racing Podcast. <coughs> you know, and, and stuff like that, because I'm sure there's an interest in it. Um, I would bring back uh, Car of the Week, uh, with where we pick a theme and decide which is everybody's favorite car. Um, but being an audio podcast, it's a little bit harder uh, to do unless I were to post it up in the 
on the fan page and go from there. Uh, so we've got all that. We've got going into 2021, it looks like a lot of hope as Kurt Busch has raved about the next-gen car of tomorrow, uh, the Gen 7 car, uh, which looks kind of badass, and I'll be honest, I get serious uh, vibes that it looks like a Dodge uh, Charger and Challenger, but uh, this unbranded, unmarked car uh, has definitely gotten raves, got, gotten them from both Martin Truex Jr., but most notably Kurt Busch, uh, two former champions uh, in, this, in the Cup Series, so that's certainly a positive, um, and uh, yeah, uh, so we'll be looking forward to 2021, a couple little news and notes, um, as NASCAR is bringing dirt to Bristol for the Cup Series, it appears that they will be losing Eldora possibly, whether it's for one season or permanently ending the Eldora Dirt Derby, uh, which is really a shame. I was at the first one of those and I thought it was amazing. Um, and that uh, they uh, that NASCAR's kind of dropping the ball because I think that was I want to say the most watched, uh, most highly interested truck series race um, for the past couple of years um, because it is so different and so unique. Um, but to their credit, uh, there is the strong rumor that. O'Reilly Raceway Park um, in Claremont, Indiana, just outside Indianapolis, uh, will be returning to the truck schedule. Um, I remember when it was called IRP, Indianapolis Raceway Park, uh, the little, I want to say it was about a half mile uh, oval uh, where USAC predominantly runs, and while it's in the shadow of the Indy 500 and uh, the Indy Motor Speedway, they've always put on great shows, whether it was with the trucks or with the uh, then, well, the then Bush Series, uh, the Xfinity Series now. They've always put on great shows, and I think that that would be a great fit for the trucks. I think losing Eldora, though, it doesn't really cover the scope of how colossal it is. I think moving from one of the uh, co-branded races, like where you, where you have your triple headers, like a Dover or something, I think moving the trucks to Eldora would be a better alternative, but obviously with the the financial and um, worldwide health climate that we are in, it, it makes sense. You know, hopefully we'll see Eldora back on the schedule in 2022. Um, and that's one race that they should leave it a truck series race. 
because uh, I think the trucks on dirt are more fun to watch. I'm not saying Bristol will be bad, but I'm thinking that the trucks will be certainly something that'll put on a better show, and I certainly don't want to see the Cup Series at Eldora, um, because I think that kind of defeats not only the purpose of Bristol being dirt, but also, in general, defeats the fact that defeats the fact that um, Eldora is something special, and putting a Cup Series race kind of dilutes it, I guess, the same way a lot of IndyCar fans felt that uh, the Brickyard uh, Indy Motor Speedway was diluted with uh, the Brickyard 400 um, back in the early 90s, and I'm sure they do now. Um, but for a totally different reason, uh, as the shows at the Brickyard have been subpar, uh, so I think that maybe that's the way to go uh, in terms of Eldora leaving as just trucks and keeping the other series away. Uh, so anyway. Um, I was going to do a full episode on the championship, but obviously where that's old news, old news, I didn't want to dwell on it too much and be the guy late for the party, so I just kind of wanted to do a little wrap-up on the season. Uh, we talked about Jimmy Johnson, we talked about Clint Boyer. Um, Get back to Jimmy real quick. Uh, one of the cool things I never really fully knew, um, and, and it shows the kind of character that Jimmy has, you know, that sometimes gets lost in the, ugh, I don't like Jimmy, he wins too much, he's too quote unquote vanilla. Which I fell into the, the people who thought that, uh, you know, other than a couple little things, you know, obviously when he broke his wrist after his first championship, uh, riding on the top of a golf cart, I'm like, huh, maybe this guy is a little, a little bit funnier, a little more, uh, breaking out of his shell. Then obviously, after the first Roval race, uh, which saw him and Martin Truex, uh, beat and bang and spin out to allow Ryan Blaney to win that race, um, as an apology to Truex, he gifted a bunch of kids' bicycles and uh, put them on top of the hauler. <coughs> I thought that was kind of kind of fun. Uh, but uh, getting back to Jimmy, uh, one of the cool things that he did, and I think this kind of flew under the radar to a lot of fans, including myself. You know, somebody who follows the sport every day. Uh, was the fact that on the front of every Jimmy Johnson car since his rookie year in 2002 until his uh, final race at Phoenix, he carried a special decal on the front bumper just below the headlight uh, in honor of 
his friend, the late uh, ARCA and Xfinity Series driver Blaze Alexander. Um, I had I had the privilege to uh, see Blaze race at Pocono and win on his home track. Uh, Blaze was from, I believe it was Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, meet him in Bristol in 2000, back when he was running the Trackphone WCW car for uh, Team Sabco's Bush Series effort. Um, he, he was a great young man, had a lot of promise in the sport, unfortunately was killed in an accident at Charlotte in 2001. Uh, a, a, uh, a wreck that um, was worse than it looked, um, involving Carrier and Hart. Uh, and I feel bad for Carrie because that whole year was just nothing but bad stuff, obviously, losing his father at the beginning of the season, then being involved in uh, the wreck with Blaze at Charlotte later on that year. Uh, Jimmy, anyway, would carry this decal on his front headlight, or just below his front headlight, in honor of Alexander, and would have that decal on for all seven of his championships, all 83 of his wins, his Daytona 500 wins, uh, his Brickyard wins, his All-Star wins, and that's just a great testament and a great tribute um, to... Uh, the kind of person Jimmy is, who, unfortunately, not a lot of fans were able to appreciate. Um, kind of like how a lot of them, including myself, didn't really appreciate Jeff Gordon until he got up uh, in his older years. So, I mean... Yeah, it's going to be a shame not having... Uh, a person with that kind of character around the garage. I know NASCAR's in good hands with their younger generation. And then you have uh, the now the old guard, which is now drivers like Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick, uh, who still can put it out there and win, obviously. Uh, I think statistically, if they had gone through doing it with the old point system, he would have won the title by give or take uh, 10 points off of 200. I think it was like 190-something or 20-something uh, over Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. Uh, but you got Harvick, you got Kurt Busch, as I said, and you got Ryan Newman, who uh, even after that very, very scary wreck in Daytona, uh, will return to um, Roush Fenway Racing, and I think that's going to be a big thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes Newman's last year in the sport, because um, I know this year has been a, a trying year, and I'd actually like to see Newman, a guy who I followed since 2000, uh, when he stepped into the ARCA series. Although I was the biggest fan of him at times, especially part of his tenure at Penske, 
where he was at odds with his teammate Rusty Wallace. Uh, now Newman is was one of those guys who may have been at odds at him, but he was hella talented. You know, obviously a Daytona 500 winner, Brickyard 400 winner, uh, All-Star race winner. But those are those are your old guard, and I think that state of racing's in good hands. Obviously, you got some new sponsors coming into the sport. Um, although, as it's been announced, it appears that Domino's may actually return to the sport with the 2311 team in some capacity, uh, as Bubba Wallace. Has a, uh, has a has a thing for Domino's Pizza, and there's also a uh, has all these <coughs> uh, uh, affiliated sponsors, um, personal service sponsors, I should say, uh, with like the likes of Columbia and Kingsford and Beats by Dre. Uh, so we're gonna have those. We're gonna have. Um, you know, possibly some new sponsors. Uh, you know, obviously the main ones are going to stick around. Um, so, I think we're in a good spot for 2021, and I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully the next time you hear me talk about any racing on the track, it'll be new and exciting. And we're going to have the the ARCA series in Daytona in February. We're only 88 days away. Uh, we're going to have, uh, and that time we're also going to have the Snowball Derby. You know, will the reigning cup champion Chase Elliott be able to win another Snowball Derby? Or will it be one of the young lions from the world of the late models? Or will it be somebody that we've never heard of before? You know, so we'll, we'll talk about that uh, when I, when we start getting racing on track. But in the meantime, we're going to have a couple of holidays in between, obviously, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to, I'm going to try to put some shows together that won't necessarily deal with current news, uh, but will be more uh, nostalgic as... Chris had said on the on the Club Cafe podcast. So I think that in terms of what to look forward to in the old season, uh, especially if you're able to really enjoy old stuff, we'll be talking about that and um, doing some uh, possibly some watch-alongs, uh, whether it's with me or with guests. Uh, so, keep your eyes out for that, um, and we'll, as I always say, even in a pandemic, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track.